Hi, and welcome to the Wise Women's Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Angela Council. And with a background as a naturopath, I thought I knew exactly what happened to women when they reached menopause until I experienced it myself. I then realized that there was so much more to this time of life than what was written in the textbooks. I decided it was time to bring this stage of life out of the closet and to have some open and honest conversations with women who are going through the same journey. Wise Women's Conversation has been created to share information and experiences from other wise women in our community. Sit back and listen to the wise women speak. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Wise Women's Conversations. It's Angela here and this week I'm sharing with you the recording of a webinar that I ran earlier in the week called Understanding Menopause. So I just thought you might uh, like to hear some of the things that I shared because I spoke about hormones, I spoke about uh, different symptoms and also what you can do to thrive in menopause. So enjoy it and I will be back next week with another Wise Women's Conversation. Bye for now. As we can see, there are so many different symptoms that women experience when they're coming through menopause. And the question is, why is it that some women are able to move through this time of life with relative relative ease, whereas other women really struggle? Now, the the, the research tells us about 20% of women have no symptoms whatsoever and 20% 20% of women have really, really bad symptoms and it severely impacts their life. And then there's 60% of women, which are the majority, who do experience symptoms. You know, it's uncomfortable, it's, but it's not distressing in that it completely changes their life and stops them being able to get on with their life. So... Why is it that we've got all these different things that are happening? Uh, and this is the big question. And what is it that, why do some women see this as the, a really great time of life, whereas other women see it as something that they have to suffer through? In this webinar, I'm going to answer these questions so that you can actually know how you can actually move through this time of life with ease. Now... So just a really quick introduction. My name's Angela Council. For those of you who don't know me, who have never met me before, um, I am and I've been a naturopath now for nearly 20 years. I also do kinesiology, which is um, emotional healing using muscle testing. And I'm also a personalised health coach for women who are moving through menopause. And I really want to welcome you to this podcast tonight called Understanding Menopause. Now, in this podcast, your oh, sorry, this podcast, this webinar, I'm a podcast hope as well. Um, in this webinar, you're going to discover the key steps that you can take to move through this stage of life with ease. You're also going to learn about what is happening because I believe that when you understand what is happening with your hormones and how that's impact impacting your body, you can make better decisions about what the right things for you to do are. Now, I'm going to uh, give you the steps that you can take so that you can look and feel great. And once you understand this, you will then be able to have more energy and feel more vital and be able to do the things that you want to do in your life, to be able to you know, enjoy your life, to be able to wear the clothes that you want, to be able to go and do the things that you want. Anything that's limiting you right now due to your symptoms. Now, if you're starting to notice that um, things are changing with your hormones and your body and you're not getting the answers that you're looking for because it's very, very confusing and this is not a topic that's spoken about a lot, maybe you've tried a few different things but really hasn't worked or you may have been to your doctor and your doctor's basically told you this is part of being a woman, just get on with it, there's nothing we can do about it, or all they can offer you is HRT and you're not really keen on taking that, or for some women um, who've got history of breast cancer, they can't take HRT anyway. But stay with me because I'm going to share with you what it is you can do to make a difference in the way that you feel and to minimise or eliminate the symptoms that you're currently experiencing or if you're not if you're not actually quite there yet 
if you're not into this stage of life experiencing symptoms so that you can actually understand what it is you can do so that you don't have to experience symptoms. Because as I said, there are women out there who move through this stage of life with relative ease. In fact, the other day, a friend of mine sent me a, a message and she said to me, she said, it's nearly 12 months since my last period. When am I in menopause? And I said, well, they say within 12 months, if you haven't had a, a bleed, well, then you're in menopause. She said, well, when do the symptoms start? And I said, symptoms don't have to start. You may just move through this stage of life with ease and not have any problems whatsoever. So she's waiting for symptoms. But I want you to know that it is possible not to have symptoms. And I'm going to share with you tonight how you can go about that. Now, the goal of this webinar is really simple, to help you understand what's happening to your hormones so that you can navigate this time of life with ease. I'll explain to you what happens when your hormones change, why they might be out of balance and what you can do to rebalance them and reduce your symptoms all with the aim of helping you look and feel great. So if you're ready to make this happen, let's get started. I'm going to ask you, have you already tried to do things? And this happens a lot is that, um, you know, you, you go on Facebook, ask a question, and then you get all these different people telling you what worked for them. And it can be really confusing because you don't know what to do and there's just so much conflicting information out there. And maybe you do try things, but it either doesn't work or when you stop taking it, it, it you know, you're, you're back to the symptoms you had before. So that's why I really want to share this information with you. And maybe you've had these, these feelings of that there's something wrong with you, that your body's broken. And I hear this from these words from women all of the time. I'm broken. I don't know how to fix myself. And to be honest, I thought the same thing. That is part of my journey, which I'm going to share with you in a, a couple of minutes. But I really want to demystify this because I truly believe that when you understand what is happening, then it makes it easier for you. And you can then embrace the changes and as you embrace the changes, you will find that the symptoms do start to come down. So I'm going to share with you the five key steps that you can take um, to reduce your symptoms and to navigate this time of life with ease. These five steps will address the underlying causes of your hormonal imbalances and reduce your symptoms. Now, there's a reason why I am sharing this with you tonight. I actually, I do mean, did mean to, um, if for everyone who stays on this webinar till the end, I have a free gift for you and it's called the Is This Menopause ebook. Now, I've only got limited time tonight, so there is so much information that I can share with you. So what I've done is with this ebook, this ebook. Um, provide you more information. It provides you some specifics on herbs you can use, essential oils you can use, um, some specific things that you can do to reduce your symptoms. This is more. Uh, this book is more about teaching you how to get symptomatic relief whilst you then look at what's going on with the underlying cause. So I will share that link with you at the end of this webinar as a thank you for being on the webinar tonight. Only women who are on this webinar live will get access to this. It won't be available to anybody who's on the recording. So the reason why I developed this webinar is because I saw so many women being completely dismissed when they were experiencing different symptoms. And they were being treated by doctors as if menopause was a condition that needed to be treated. I want you to know that menopause is a natural transition in life. Just like when you got your period of puberty, that was a natural transition. Now we are in a natural transition in the opposite direction. In fact, very similar things are happening to your body now as what happened when you very first got your period. It's just happening in reverse and you've got a hell of a lot more baggage that you're holding on to than what you did when you were um, 
in puberty, whether as you know, in between 10 and 12, whatever time it was when you got your first period. But this is a natural, it doesn't require treatment. It is not a medical condition. It happens to every woman who has ever had a period. So 50% of the pop world's population will go through menopause. It is not a disease. There is nothing to be afraid of. It doesn't have to be hard. And many women go through this stage of life with relative ease. This is the time when you get to own who you are and step into that inner wisdom. I see so many women and I hear women who they, they talk to me and they say, I just didn't know where to go. I was so confused and I was ashamed. I couldn't talk about it. I felt alone. I felt a loss. I felt like things were out of control. And however it is that you have been feeling, firstly, I want you to know that you are not alone, that many women have experienced this and many women are still experiencing this. And this is due to the lack of information that is around. And I also wanted to let you know that in full transparency, I felt the same way. Even though I have been a naturopath for so many years, when I was studying, I was taught how to treat menopause. Um, and once again, it was very much about treating menopause, not accepting menopause as a natural stage of life. We really only spoke about hot flushes, a little bit about weight gain, but there wasn't a real in-depth of knowledge when it came to menopause. And, you know, interestingly enough, some of my, well, one of my lecturers was a, a, a male, so he was a male herbalist, so he probably didn't overly understand what menopause is like. But even the women, um, they weren't at that stage of life, so they really couldn't speak from experience. And it wasn't until I got to this stage of life that I realised that menopause is so much more than just hot flushes. Um, hot flushes can be significant, but there's so much more to um, what goes on at menopause. It's not just physical, it's also emotional, and there's also a spiritual aspect to what is happening to women as well. Now, I just want to share a little bit about my personal story um, before I go into what the five steps are to thrive in menopause. When, um, when I was in my late 40s, my youngest daughter was finishing primary school. Now, I had my children um, later in life. I had my first at 40 and my, um, my second at 43. So my daughter was coming to actually, it was, yeah, it was probably about, I was probably about, what was I? Actually, late 40s, early 50s when she was finishing primary school. I was um, running a very successful naturopathic, naturopathic clinic um, and I started to feel really lost and I wasn't sure what I was going to do and who I was. Now that my kids were kind of, my eldest was already in high school, my youngest was moving into high school, and it's like, well, who am I? What am I doing? What's my purpose? I was really stressed with running this really large clinic. It was very successful, but it was really stressing me out. Um, I'd written a book called Secrets Mum's Business, and I'd started to speak at lots of different events. And I started to notice that as I was going for speaking events, now I love speaking um, and I'm, I'm actually quite a good speaker, so it wasn't really stressful for me, but I would be there just before I'd walk on stage and all of a sudden I'd feel really hot and I have this sense of heat coming up and I'd all of a sudden I start sweating. I'm going, well, what's going on? Not really kind of just thinking, is this nerves, but not understanding it because I wasn't, I didn't feel nervous and I kind of really didn't worry too much about it. And I kind of thought, are these hot flushes at the time? But I kind of let it go. And as I moved on and I moved into my 50s and um, I started to notice that I was getting more and more of these hot flushes and then I'm going, okay, so I must be getting closer to menopause. Um, and for me, I because quite often um, you can get an idea of when you're going to pass through menopause if you, um, if you know when your mother went through menopause. But for me, my mother had a full hysterectomy in her early 20s, so she went through an early menopause. So I had no one to speak to. No, I really had no one to go and learn from what was happening to me. Now, I started to put weight on and the weight was going on. And to start with, I wasn't too concerned because in the past, when I put on weight, I would just go onto a keto diet and then I would drop the kilos again. But 
then it just wasn't really coming off. And then um, I was in a state where I was putting on weight. I was very, very stressful. My life was very stressful. My husband had been diagnosed with um, melanoma. Um, he was in hospital. He spent two months in hospital. I was spending most of my time travelling between home and hospital and I wasn't eating the best. So I was skipping meals. When I was in hospital, I was probably eating a little bit too much sugar. Um, and so the weight was going on and I knew I was stressed and I knew stress actually played a big role in weight gain. But I went, okay, fine. When this is all over, I'll be able to drop it all off again. But it, once things started to settle down, um, I thought, well, okay, I'm just going to do a keto diet but it didn't work. And I really, really struggled. I couldn't stick to it. And no matter what I did, the weight wasn't coming off. But then I started to experience joint and body pain. And um, someone asked before, Wendy asked before, what was joint and body pain? Um, it is just absolute, like, it, for me, it was in my hips, it was in my knees, and it was in my ankles. So most of my lower body, the joints just ached they were just sore all of the time and I could hardly move and then I would get all over body pain I do it just felt really sore and I could you know every time I'd move I was just really stiff I'd wake up or I'd get up in the morning and I was I was kind of limping out of bed for about two years I didn't sleep properly because I couldn't sleep because I was in so much pain there was some times when I actually had to take painkillers just to address that pain because it was the only way I could sleep and I just don't like taking painkillers. I was doing everything I knew I was doing. I was taking herbs. My diet was pretty clean. I was doing acupuncture. I was doing everything I could trying to get this pain under control and it was just unbearable. I then developed... Um, osteoarthritis in one hip and that was really painful and the pain was once again was unbearable I was walking with a severe limp because I was in so much pain that stopped me from being able to exercise which meant I was putting on more weight because I couldn't exercise and I couldn't lose weight and it was just getting going on and on and on and um, I've got a couple of pictures here um, November 2018 this is when I did a um, hike in Tasmania with a group of women. Um, it was the th Three Capes hike. Um, I limped around this. Um, I truly limped around and I was in a lot of pain. Um, I love bushwalking and I really wanted to do the whole hike. I trained for it. And I, but I, you know, not only was I physically holding more weight, I also had to carry my pack. And when I came back from this hike, I was severely damaged. I was in lots and lots of pain. And um, I'd, done, I'd done a fair bit of damage to my hip where I had the osteoarthritis and I ended up having to have a hip replacement um, just to uh, just so that I could move my hip again. And shortly after this photo was taken, so December 2018, I was sick of being in pain all the time and I just made a decision that I was going to stop all alcohol. Now, I have to tell you, I wasn't a big drinker of alcohol and never have been. And I was really only drinking one glass of wine a week. When at Saturday night with dinner, I would have a glass of wine. And even then it would be a spritzer. So it would be half wine, half mineral water. So I wasn't a big drinker. But my diet, as I said, I, I thought my diet was pretty clean. And the only thing was there was just that um, was that alcohol. So I stopped the alcohol completely, 100%. And within two weeks, my pain was gone. Now, I still had a little bit of stiffness. Um, my stips, hip still wasn't um, moving. I'd lost mobility in my hips. I still couldn't move it. I was still working with a limp. So I did have to go and have a hip replacement because I, I had so much damage within the hip joint. Um, but the pain had gone. Now all the pain had now gone. And I continued on once I got my um, had the hip replacement, I continued on and by this stage, my hot flushes had gone. I was sleeping better because I had no pain. The pain had gone, but I couldn't lose weight. I still couldn't lose weight. So the next photo that you can see there was at the end of last year. And I'd start, I had dropped a few kilos at that time, um, and I'll tell you what I did in a second, but I still, still couldn't lose the weight. And now where I am right now. 
This photo was taken two weeks ago as we went back to yoga. Um, so this is my first day back at yoga, um, two, well, yeah, just a week and a half ago. Since the beginning of this year, I've lost 13 kilos. I sleep through the night. I regularly go on long bush walks in the, um, I hike in the bush uh, where I'm scrambling over rocks, got loads of energies. I am getting stronger. I have very few hot flushes. I have no pain. And as I said, I have loads of energy. So what I did and the changes that I made and what I'm going to share with you tonight. Now, as I said, I thought I was eating a healthy diet. And I actually was eating a healthy diet, but I wasn't eating the right foods for me. I'm a personalized health coach, and this is something that I've um, been trained in in the last 18 months. I had to do my training to learn about personalized health. And when I became a personalized health coach or when I did my training, I realized that a lot of the things that I knew as a nutritionist, as a naturopath, were incorrect. What I had been taught wasn't right because I had been taught that there was, like the rules were same for everybody, that everybody was the same. You know, I'd been taught that we need to be, um, everyone should have protein with all, with every meal and snack. I'd been taught that we should be eating five meals a day. I'd been, you know, I used to recommend the keto diet to everybody. I used to tell say that everyone needed to be in bed and asleep by 9 p.m. at night. I used to do all of my exercise first thing in the morning. So that's what I taught because that's what I knew. That's what I had learned. But now I realize that Everybody is an individual. The foods that work for my body may not be the same foods that work for your body. The type of exercise that is right for me may not be the type of exercise that is right for you. You may not need to go to sleep the same time as I do. You might wake up at different times. Every single one of us is individual. And this is what I did. As I said, when I... Um, when I'll just quickly go back to this um, this slide here, this image here, I had actually dropped a couple of kilos here because this is when I very first started following my own personal health profile. And all I did to start with was change the time in which I exercise. So rather than exercising first thing in the morning, I moved my exercise to the afternoon. And within two weeks, I dropped three kilos. But I kind of then fell off the wagon a little bit of following my personal profile because I didn't have a, a coach to keep me accountable. It was Christmas time. I was not eating the foods that were right for my body. And so a, a couple of kilos crept back on. But then the beginning of this year, I made a decision that I was going to follow exactly what, well, not exactly, actually, I only do it 80%. I was going to follow what was right for my body. I set myself a goal. I had a goal that in September this year, I was going to walk around Mont Blanc in Europe, 170 kilometers. I needed to be fit. I needed to be strong. I needed to be healthy to be able to do that. That's what kept me motivated. When I didn't have a coach to keep me, giving me a, a kick up the butt, being on that, that trek was going to keep me focused and keep me motivated. I paid for it. I paid a lot of money for it. Unfortunately, now I'm not going because of the COVID stuff, but I'll be going next year. But that's keeping me motivated. So all I did was I continued to follow my profile. And I'm going to share with you tonight what I did um, in some of the things that you can do as well. So and I followed the five steps that I were going to talk to you about tonight. So... I just want to, before we go any further, I just want to start with a few definitions and giving you an overview of your hormones. First, there's a couple of terms I just want to clarify. I'm actually going to start with menopause. Menopause is simply a day in time. Menopause occurs 12 months after your last period. That is just the day. It's like a line is drawn in the sand. The time before that, you are perimenopausal, you're in perimenopause. The time after, you are postmenopausal. So perimenopause is the time before that menopause line in the sand where your hormones are shifting. Now, 
for some women, that can happen up to 10 years before their last, before they're actually in menopause. So depending on what's going on with their hormones, they can start to experience symptoms from, you know, their early 40s. And some women experience it even earlier. The average age that women go through menopause is 51 but that is happening earlier and earlier these days because of the imbalances in hormones. Now, after um, we go through menopause, there can also be a period of, you know, five, sometimes 10 years where symptoms can continue to occur. So we're looking, we could be looking at an up to 15 year time period where there is a possibility that you could be experiencing symptoms but i want you to know that these these symptoms occur only when your hormones are out of balance and when your hormones are in balance you will not experience the symptoms because this is a natural stage of life okay so so what happens to your hormones in perimenopause? Well, they actually start to change. And the first hormone that starts to change is progesterone and then estrogen and testosterone. Now, progesterone is the hormone that is released by the egg in the second half of your cycle. So let me just quickly, briefly, I'm going to do this, try and do this quite quickly because we don't have a lot of time. What happens with your cycle? So just assume we have a 28-day cycle um, and a normal cycle. Um, with progesterone, if you look here, this is the orange line. So the first half of the cycle, progesterone levels are all very quite low. And around about day 14, the ovary releases an egg. And then once the egg is released, your progesterone levels go up because that egg actually has the progesterone in it. And, and at that stage, it's just an ovum, what we call an ovum. But it releases progesterone. And progesterone is the hormone that will support that egg until it gets fertilized. Here, it either gets fertilized, and if it gets fertilized, this orange line would continue to go up. If it doesn't get fertilized, the progesterone levels drop down, and that causes you to start your period. So, progesterone is the first hormone that starts to drop down. And this is because we stop ovulating every month. Now, we may still be ovulating some months, but other months we won't ovulate. We ovulate from, if you've got two working ovaries, you ovulate from a different ovary every month. So one ovary might run out of eggs before the other ovary runs out of eggs. So you'll find that um, your progesterone levels start to drop because you're not always ovulating every single month. So you're not getting this increase in progesterone that comes when you release an egg now with the um with the drop in progesterone this can leave you um, heavy bleeding can be a sign of uh, low progesterone also mood swings progesterone is very much a feel-good hormone it kind of calms you down and you can find that you get a little bit anxious when your progesterone levels are too low your next hormone that starts to shift is your estrogen levels. Now, estrogen is higher in the first half of the cycle because it stimulates the release of the egg. And once the egg is released, it drops back down again. But then it does come up a little bit um, to stimulate your bleed and then it, it drops down again. And the other hormone is testosterone. So as women, we do have testosterone. Testosterone is what gives us our drive, um, kind of gives us our mojo. And we normally have a little bit of an increase here at mid-cycle, and that's and this is specifically designed um, for our fertility to um, make us a little bit more attractive or to attract a mate, so that we can um, attract someone, so that we can have sex, to have a you know get pregnant and have a baby and all of that. But these all start to shift um, as you're getting into perimenopause. So we can see nice, gentle. Um, cycles there. Now, what happens once we get to our perimenopause stage? So what what I just showed in the last is demonstrated these type of, this is, that's just here. But what happens as we're coming into perimenopause, your progesterone levels drop, as I said. Now, this is normal. And your estrogen levels go up and down. They can go crazy. And this is one of the reasons why getting blood tests to determine where you are 
um, whether or not you're in um, perimenopause or not, not very accurate because these can change by the day. Your estrogen levels can go up and down. You can have blood tests done this week. You can have blood tests done next week and they can be completely different. Now, as your progesterone levels drop from your from the eggs, so the ovary is no longer producing the eggs, what happens is our adrenal glands can also produce progesterone. And in the ideal world, when you are completely healthy, as your ovaries stop producing eggs and you stop producing progesterone from the eggs, the adrenal glands will basically support the progesterone production. The adrenals will start to pump out a little bit more progesterone so that you don't have such significant symptoms. The issue comes when we are exhausted and close to adrenal burnout by the time we get to this time of life. Now, so many women, by the time they get to this time of life, have basically run themselves you know, into the ground. They haven't been looking after themselves. So the adrenal glands cannot make enough progesterone. It doesn't have enough resources to make, because it has to make all of its stress hormones um, and it will make them first because stress hormones are required to keep us alive. So it will then actually just stop making um, progesterone. And this is why you start to experience symptoms because the adrenal glands cannot make the progesterone that we require for us to naturally go through um, menopause with ease. Once you actually pass menopause, you find that your estrogen levels level off and they don't completely go away and your progesterone levels stay down. But as I said, ideally your, um, your adrenal glands will be supporting this process going forward. But at, uh, many women are have these these hormones out of balance. Actually, I just quickly go back. Um, it is important. We do need to keep a, a relative distance between um, estrogen and progesterone. And when the gap between the two of them becomes too large, we call that estrogen dominance. So we have too much estrogen. And even though our estrogen levels might be down, it might be still too much for what we require. And estrogen dominance is a very, very common situation for many women, um, even when they're in their normal menstrual years. So if you're experiencing PMS, if um, you've got bad PMS, um, hormone-based acne, hormone-based um, migraines, they're all signs of what we call estrogen dominance. And even though your estrogen levels might be dropping as you're coming through menopause, they are still too high for what you require. And that also causes symptoms as well. So we've got a complete imbalance going on. There's other hormones we need to consider as well. Our stress hormones, when we're stressed, um, we, as I said, the adrenal glands can't produce the reproductive hormones to balance us up because we've got too much stress hormones going out. Also need to be looking at the thyroid, the thyroid plays a really big role and many, many women have low thyroid function and that plays a, a role in our metabolism and our ability to lose weight and we tend to store more fat. Um, insulin as well, that's to do with regulating our blood sugar level and when we've been eating a diet which is high in processed foods and sugars, we um, many women tend to have insulin resistance which means we can't regulate our blood sugar levels and all of this causes the thyroid, the insulin and stress hormones causes our body to store fat particularly around our stomach and this is a protective mechanism from years and years of um, you know, in the past when we didn't have a lot of food around, when we had times of uh, famines, we needed to be able to store this fat on our body so that when there was no food that we were able to then have the energy to survive. So these are very, very ancient body processes, but they still happen today due to the stress, due to our diet, due to um, the way our body is functioning and the liver plays a really big role in all of this as well. And there's two other hormones, hormones which are ghrelin and leptin, which uh, regulate our ap appetite. Um, I'm not going to go into too much to them tonight, but getting good quality sleep will um, help to keep these in balance. And if you're not balancing properly, your ghrelin and leptin will be out, which means you will, you will tend to have a higher appetite. So you'll want to eat more food. And you will also um, 
you you won't feel satisfied with the food that you you are eating. So you'll always be hungry. You it's both basically you turn off the hunger hormone. Oh, sorry, you're turning on it. You're always feeling hungry, and you're never never feeling full. If that makes sense. So, some of the common symptoms that are associated with perimenopause and menopause, and these are all of these now. All, most of these symptoms can be treated using natural solutions and herbs and nutrients and essential oils. Now, as I said, that I am going to provide you with an ebook at the end of this webinar, which will provide all of that information for you. I'm not going to go into that tonight because it will take me hours to get through all of this. But what I'm going to be talking to you about tonight is not about addressing the symptoms, but addressing the underlying cause so that you don't need to be worrying about the symptoms. You know, and it's great to actually, you know, if you need to take things in the short term to help you, you know, feel better, we need to address what's going on because otherwise, regardless of what it is you're taking, whether or not you're taking herbs, you're taking HRT or, you know, whatever you're taking, if you're only addressing it at the symptom, as soon as you stop taking that, the problem comes back again because you haven't addressed the underlying cause. And the underlying cause of all of these symptoms is not the change in hormones. The change in hormones is natural. But what, they, what the underlying cause is, is stress, poor diet, poor liver function, and the mindset that you have around ageing. So these symptoms that I've listed there are common. Common doesn't mean normal. So if it was normal, every woman would experience those symptoms, but every woman doesn't experience those symptoms. So they are common, but they are not normal. And it doesn't have to be your journey through menopause. It is possible to not have those symptoms and as you move through this stage of life. So as I said, the primary causes of all of these symptoms are adrenal stress, so not looking after yourself, burning out, um, not having the right diet, which causes the imbalances in your hormones and your beliefs around ageing also plays a really big role in this, um, particularly when it comes to your emotional health. Um, suffering is menopause's nature. Is, suffering in menopause is nature's wake-up call. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's telling you your body is telling you that it's time for you to look after yourself. So what can we do about that? Let me. So the five things, the five steps, and these are the things that I did as well. Eat well for your body. Move well for your body. Make the right lifestyle choices for your body, reduce your stress and change your beliefs around aging. Now, you would have noticed that I actually didn't just say eat well. I said eat well for your body, move well for your body. This is a personalized and an individual approach. Now, I don't have time to go through all of this tonight, but I am going to go through food. I'm going to go through stress and I'm going to go through your um, belief systems around ageing because I believe they're the, the three most important things that we need to be looking at. Now, as I said, when it comes to food, I take a very personalised approach. I use a platform called PH360 and with PH360, basically what we do is we look at your genetic profile. So based on your body shape, um, and a lot of your genetic history, so your hair colour, your eye colour, we've got a very detailed questionnaire. We're able to create a blueprint for you. And this is specific to you. And you get given a list of foods and you've got foods that are excellent for you, foods that are great for you, good, and foods that are being avoided. Luckily for me, on my food list, I can eat chocolate. I can eat chocolate four to five times a week and it's okay for me. And this is what I love about this is that I can just put a food in and it tells me, yep, you can eat that. This is how, how often you can eat that. Or put another food in. So coconut for me. Co and, uh, this is also based on a lot of the principles of Ayurveda and uh, traditional Chinese medicine as well. So coconut for me now, 
I used to have coconut all of the time because, you know, we were taught that coconut was a really healthy fat, which it is, but it doesn't work for my body. And because my body need it needs to be warm, it needs to have warm food. And coconut, coconut is actually quite a cool um, food. And I actually even used to notice that when I used to eat foods, you know, you have these desserts and things that have got coconut in it, I used to get a really cold feeling in my stomach. So I can't eat coconut at all. And that's why when I love um, this, the, the program is that it tells me exactly what I can eat and what I can't eat. And plus it's dynamic. So as I achieve my goals, my food list changes. When I when we change seasons, my food list changes. If I decided to move over to Northern Ireland, my food list would change. It's different depending on um, which hemisphere I live in. So, but in general, as I said, I take a personalised um, approach. But in general, if you want to address your your diet, you need to eat less. We don't need to be eating as much food once our periods are stopping or stopped as what we did before because we're no longer um, requiring to produce enough um, energy to produce an egg every month and to also build up a lining within our uterus. So we don't need to be eating as much. Quite often we also don't need to be eating as much protein and some women need less protein than others. So but in general, you eat less. Eat more plants. Now, most people don't eat enough plant-based foods. Now, you don't have to be totally um, vegetarian and some some women, uh, depending on their body types, will need more meat, animal-based proteins than others. Um, I have always been a meat eater, but now I'm in this stage of life, I actually don't need to be eating as much meat. I eat a little bit of chicken um, at lunchtime, but I don't have any any other time. But you do need to be including more plants in your um, in your diet, um, and in particular phytoestrogens. And I talk about phytoestrogens in the ebook that I'm going to be sharing with you shortly. And um, seed cycling in particular is a great way to rebalance up your hormones due to the phytoestrogens that are in the specific seeds. That I talk about, and all that is in the ebook. You'll get all of that information in the ebook. Where you can eat organic, um, and the reason for this is because um, sprayed foods have chemicals on them. A lot of those chemicals interfere with our estrogen production and um, cause hormonal imbalances. Eliminate, reduce, or eliminate caffeine, alcohol, and processed sugars. And when it comes to hot flushes. Um, caffeine play and alcohol, actually all three of these play a really big role. Also, so joint pain, so is sleep. So um, reducing them in your diet or eliminating them. So um, alcohol is a big one. Unfortunately, many women are drinking a glass of wine because they're feeling stressed. So they have a glass of wine at night to um, kind of relax. But it's that glass of wine which is then causing them not to be able to sleep properly at night Um and the next day experience hot flushes, joint pains and whatever. Um, but, it, it, you know, and if, if you're not drinking alcohol, well, then there's something else within your diet that is causing the inflammation. You need to be drinking at least two litres of water a day because we just need to flush everything out. Now, oestrogen in itself is very protective. And when we have higher oestrogen levels, when they're at our, the normal levels, it is protective, but as our estrogen levels start to come down, we lose the protection. And this is where you can start to experience symptoms like um, body pain and joint pain because estrogen is a natural anti-inflammatory. So it's a natural painkiller. But when we take the estrogen away, the inflammation that has always been there from foods or whatever it is that's causing the inflammation, now all of a sudden, starts to surface now it's been there all the time but estrogen has mastered but now we're taking estrogen away and we need to address what is causing that inflammation and um, nine times out of ten it is to do with your diet and working out exactly what foods are causing that problem and what you need to be eating to get rid of the inflammation and when it comes to fat as well um, because, you know, our body is losing estrogen and our hormones are out of balance, we actually, when you've got lots of fat stores, particularly around your stomach, there is actually estrogen 
in those fat cells. So there are receptors, estrogen receptors in our fat cells. And if our body is losing estrogen and the adrenal glands can't um, make that balance up for you, what the body will do is it'll hold on to the fat because it doesn't want to lose the estrogen because it needs the estrogen and everything's out of balance and the adrenal glands aren't doing the job that it's supposed to do. So that's another reason why we um, we struggle to lose weight because the body's actually holding on to that fat because it wants to hold on to that estrogen. So making sure that we're eating the right foods, we can bring these hormones back into balance using our, our, our diet. We can also reduce the inflammation and then you start to notice that your um, hormones um, start to disappear. Now, I'm working with a client right now, and one of her main symptoms was um, that she was experiencing lots and lots of body aches. She didn't so much get too much of the um, hot flushes. And um, I was chatting to her the other day, and I said, well, and she hasn't been 100% um, on, on the foods, but she started to make changes um, with the foods that she's eating. And this is what I love about um, once you understand personalised health is that you don't have to be 100%. Start to make changes and you start to notice the difference and you start to notice the difference very quickly. She's telling me right now that, you know, just by taking out the um, the caffeine, the, the alcohol and the sugars, all of her body pain has gone. And now as we're uh, getting her to eat the right foods for her body, she's starting to drop the weight off as well. So food is really, really important, but I have to say it's not the most important thing. Um, and this is why sometimes we can get really hung up on the food. It's not the most important thing. Stress is more important. We really need to address the stress that's going on in our life. Now, we need to understand what causes stress because different things stress different, you know, stress different women out differently. So what is it that's causing the stress in your life? You know, is it emotional stress? Is it physical stress? Is it to do with the foods that you're eating? What's causing stress? So if you're eating the right foods, if you're getting a good night's sleep, if you remove the toxins from your life, and that's both physical, emotional relationships and all of that, and start to look after you and give yourself the time, you'll start to see that your 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 stress levels come out. Now, once again, this is very personal as to what reduces stress because for some people it can be you know being challenged or um being competitive is actually really good for them it doesn't stress them but other people so for me if i was in a situation where i was in a, a forced to be competitive that would be really stressful for me because i don't like competition but other people thrive on it you know some people like to be around lots and lots of people and they're you know they're people people in the last couple of months has been really hard for them because they haven't been able to have that personal contact but for others the rest of us who there's some of us who really enjoyed not really being out too much and being away from you know all of that noise of um, being out in the world so different things you know different things stress you and it's a, uh, it's about understanding what does stress you and what doesn't stress you some of the things you can do to re reduce that stress is um, daily meditation. Or, and even if it's not meditation, it may just be some quiet time, um, yoga if you want to do some yoga, um, walking in nature, journaling. I get most of my clients journaling. But it's really just finding some time and um, just to be on your own. And within the Embrace program, what I do is I give you the tools and I share with you a whole pile of different tools and you use the tools that work for you to reduce the stress in your life because when you can reduce the stress in your life you're able to then rebalance your hormones because your your adrenal glands no longer need to produce so much stress hormone and they can start to produce the progesterone and estrogen that's required to balance everything up again and the mindset your beliefs around aging now this is something that um we really need to look at because as a society, um, we society doesn't value women as they age. Many and many women believe that they have no value once they're no longer in an active mothering role. 
Once their children are more independent, they wonder where their value is. Who am I? What am I meant to be doing here? And these are a lot of questions that get asked. And there's a big, often a sense of loss. Um, and I've been speaking to quite a few women um, in the last couple of weeks and asking what's their experience. And it's a, it's a sense of loss and whether or not it's a loss of their their fertility, it's their, a loss of um the who they see themselves as the loss of their sense of value and all of this comes from the belief systems that you know our value lies in being an active mother or our value lies in our youth or value lies in the way that we look and we need to address that because unless we address that it's really really hard to really embrace this stage of life and, you know, so many women, you know, not only do they not understand what's going on at this time of life, many of them are almost fighting it. And that fighting of it is what causes a lot of the symptoms. When you can work through the limiting beliefs of ageing, when you can work through the, what you've been taught about menopause or haven't been taught about menopause, you'll find that you come to a place of acceptance and you realise that this is actually the beginning of the next stage of your life and this is the beginning of you truly stepping into your wisdom. The, you know, these are your wise years and I like to use the term maga woman and a maga um, is a Sicilian word that means wise woman and I use that a lot within my community because every single one of you has got that wisdom and my aim is to take women from where they are now, when they're feeling confused, where they're feeling lost, when they're just not sure about who they are, and taking them to the stage where they are stepping into their MAGA stage of life, when they are adapt adopting that MAGA persona, when they know that they are powerful, when they know that they've got the wisdom and they're ready to share their wisdom with others. And that's kind of the journey I like to take women on from a place of really not knowing where they are, taking them through, teaching them, giving them the tools, helping them, you know, make the changes in their life, helping them to feel better, look better and embrace this stage of life until they're into their MAGA stage and they're ready to go out there and share this with other women. So the mindset plays a massive role in all of this because if you're going to spend all of your life thinking that this is the tough time of your life, you just have to live with it, there's nothing you can do about it, you can only take a pill, that's the only thing you can do, nothing is ever really going to improve until you accept that this is a time of change and just like the caterpillar changes into the butterfly, there will be some struggles, but it's within those struggles that you, you learn who you truly are and you really connect back to who you are because so many women have lost, they've lost themselves, they lost themselves you know, when they became a partner, when they became a mother, when they became an employee, they lost who they were, they became a label. And this is a time when you can reconnect to who you truly are. So, sorry, I'm just going to take a breath. You don't need to be making massive changes. But small changes can have a really big impact on the way that your body functions. And um, this quote comes from um, James Clear, who wrote the book Atomic Habits, which is a really great book. And he says, for every action you take, it's a vote for the type of person you wish to become. It's about having that vision for who it is that you want to be, the type of life you want, the type of health you want, the type of relations you relationships you want. When you have that vision for who it is you want to be, then you start to take small actions every single day that move you closer and closer to that. So are you ready to create a different body, a different life?